<laughs> All right, you know, well, what I wanted to say, I have no idea of, but something came to me. There was a, a line that's purported, purported to have been said by Ramana Maharshi, which I really, 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 really like. I think it really simplifies everything. And, and he says, to know God is to be God. Yeah. To know God, what we would call knowing something, in the case of, if you want to use the term God or consciousness or awareness, to know God, consciousness, or awareness is to be God, consciousness, or awareness. Because you can't know awareness. Yeah. We're, not, we're not in the position to have that experience. So to know, quote-unquote, God or awareness is to be it. I think that's so incredibly clear and quick. Yeah? You really, because in, in the selfing, that's why I like to call a process in the head, yes? The selfing, like K-Paul, like a radio station going on and on all day. In that process, to know God would be a, to become a knower of God. Yeah? To know being wouldn't be being, it would be to know being, to become a knower of being. Yeah? To know love would become a knower of love. There would still be you as the separate something that knew that love or that being or that truth or that oneness. But he's cutting that right off by saying to know God is to be God. Yeah, So incredibly cool. It cuts out. Because as soon as my head claims the beingness as something I can know, then I become a knower of beingness, yes? That's just an incredible, it's like they say in that Zen treatise we were going over yesterday, that's, that creates the distance between heaven and hell, yeah? Suddenly, this incredible thing gets separated, and now it becomes an object to you as the subject, being, love, satsang, enlightenment, whatever it may be, yeah? You're now a knower of truth instead of being the truth. If you are a knower of truth, you will become an unknower of truth. It has to go that way. Because the sense of knowing and not knowing are dualistic. Yeah? They're, they're complementary and antagonistic. So if I believe I've achieved something, I'm going to also believe I can lose it. Yeah? If I believe I had something to do with something, then I can have something to do with that something not being something. You know? As soon as I take that one role, or it's not even taking it, it's, it's just a habit of mine. As soon as I, I, I'm in the position of being the subject and so everything is cast into being an object, I've lost it. Yeah? Maybe I didn't lose a topic, let's say, like history, but I've lost the topic of, let's say, truth or spirit or awareness. Yeah? Because we are that. So we can't have the space to know it. Yeah? We could not be in that space. We could not be on this side of the space to know that. We're too close to it, yeah? We're so close we can't know. And that's the dilemma in a way. Because our mental condition, that mental process called selfing, its way of being is to know, yeah? Its way of being is to do and have itself into that state, yeah? So in a lot of cases, people are trying to do and have themselves into a state that they call a state of being, yeah? But maybe it's only conditionally being. So maybe it will last for a weekend or a day or you go on a retreat. And so somehow there's a sense 
that hey, I'm in this, I'm in my, I'm truly connected, I'm truly myself, I'm truly in that that thing of being. But then you go to work, and now you're out of the that state of being. Yeah. As long as I'm the subject that's in relationship to that object, which is not one being and truth and stuff like that, I'm actually predicating its quality. Its quality isn't overwhelming my ideas. My ideas are framing it. Yeah. Like in recovery, we have a thing that it says, I'm from, you know, whatever. It has a thing uh, to make it easier for people to entertain the possibility of something different. It says, you're going to turn your will and your life over to the care of power greater than yourself of your own understanding. Yeah. Now, after years of being AA, I realized the last thing I want is to have a uh, relationship or be under the care of a power based on my own understanding of that power. Because it's going to treat me just like the other power used to treat me, probably. Because I'll be playing God with the idea of God, yeah? But what would happen in that statement, which is, all right, I turn my will and my life over to the care of a power of its own understanding, yeah? What would happen then? If I turn my will and my life over to the care of a power of its own understanding, then I'd be in a position of I don't know, yes? And then I would be in a position to find out, which to me is a much stronger form of knowledge to find out than to know, yes? In a sense, what happens here is when you hear enough about what you're not, you find out you're not that, and that's the sense of being that, which you cannot know, yeah? That's to me is like the backdoor way. I find out about what I'm not, and in now in the knowledge of what I'm not, I'm not that. It doesn't turn and say, "Okay, what am I?" That's what I am. I am the seeing, in a sense, of what I'm not. And it really seems ridiculous to try to know something that you are after a while. It does. It just seems like... It just seems ridiculous. (laughs) Because the fact is you are that. And it becomes obvious as you live from there. Instead of living from the point of what you're not, trying to know what you are, just see that you're not that, and that's what you are. Yeah. You're never going to get the mental joy of knowing it, but you'll get the real joy of being it. Yeah. And that joy, for me, translates in a long level of time as traveling lighter. And I believe that's what most people are really looking for. They can give it the name of enlightenment or awakening, but if they felt really satisfied, they would give a shit about the, the name of enlightenment. Yeah, Because they'd be feeling fine. They'd be traveling lighter. They would lose interest in themselves. Greatly, and they gain interest in other things, and hopefully, no thing. Yeah, their attention and interest would be relieved from that bondage of the idea of being a someone, and maybe they discover by their attention the no one. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's worked like that for me. Yeah, I wasn't doing well when people were describing the beauty of the truth. It just wasn't working for me. 
it actually made me feel bad because I felt less and less, you know, farther and farther away from that truth. Yeah, I didn't seem to have any of those qualities, and, and I didn't wasn't experiencing them constantly. So it didn't work for me when they talked about the blissful ocean and you are that and you are always loved because my daily experience didn't verify that. Yeah, but when they when they said you may not be that, that worked for me. Yeah, you may not be that which is thinking it should be the ocean of love. <laughs> You know what I mean? Not that it is the ocean. It should be the ocean of love. Maybe you're not that which is worrying about next week. Maybe you're not that that has this incredible opinion about things. Yeah. What's giving the the opinion the meaning? Not the opinion itself, but what, who has the opinion? Yeah. So I went that way, and that way seemed to work for me. When I kept seeing what was happening, like everything that was occurring in my life, be it a relationship, be it this simply this bottle. When this bottle was seen, it was seen in a certain way that gave it another agenda, another job, which was to point at me by the word my bottle. As soon as it was my bottle, it indicated or inferred there was an owner or someone who had it, yeah? And then all the thoughts held as my thought. Each thought now is being used to point to the phantom, yeah? To point to that phantom subject. And all it needed after a while was the pointing. Just like they say in Zen, you know, there's the, there's the finger pointing at the moon. It's not the moon. Well, my whole mental process of selfing is pointing at a phantom. Yeah? I take, it, I take the phantom to be real by believing the inference, by believing the assumption, by, by believing, yes, the implying. I take it from there. All it does is claim activities, thinking and feeling as my feeling, my thoughts, my girlfriend, my job, my life, my this, my that. And all it needs with that is that claiming of the my, and then everything is used to point back at the one who has it. But I never fucking see the one who has it. My investigation stops right there. I just buy the, I just buy the pointing. Yeah? My mind goes, oh, yes. But when I ask it, I go, who am I? No one shows up. Yeah. So I would say this phantom or this appearance is produced by the mental process claiming conscious contact here. That's how I see it. I don't see that there was a date or a time you were bonded to the idea of being a self, but it's a constant application, like a glue, that the mental process applies all day. Yes? By what? By claiming activities brought about by conscious contact. Seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, and seeing thoughts, yes? And actions. So when action happens, it's my action. Immediately that action is used to point back to me. Thoughts, my thoughts. Point back to me. Feelings, my feelings. Problems, my problems, yeah? If you look at, you have 40 problems in one week, but there's only one who has the problems. Which is the bigger problem? The 40 problems you have or the one who has them? I would say, look at the one who has them. There may be much more relief there than trying to learn skillful means to deal with all the problems. Because what's begetting all the problems could be the one who has the problems. Yeah? Maybe. Just check it out. Find out. See? For me, I did. I looked into it. I entertained the possibilities. And then what it revealed to me was what incredible impossibilities I had been entertaining. That I'm a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. That I could be somewhere else other than where I am. (laughs) That I needed to get into the moment I can't be out of. (laughs) 
and then I got to get out of something I can't be in. <laughs> I mean, it was just seeing blue is blue and red is red again. It's as obvious as the fucking thing in front of your face. You know? <laughs> really, really. I mean, look at it. Do you believe you can be more in the moment than you are now? Do you? Is there a feeling that you, there's, there's, too, there's too little of you in this moment. You could really be in this moment much better, right? <laughs> Come on, look at it. How much move, you can, have you ever been out of a moment of your own life? Have you? I mean, you and the moment are synonymous. Without this, there ain't no moment. <laughs> <laughs> so why would I want to work hard or they what they do the books tell you they say alright how to be into the moment so you buy the first book then they have the second edition how to really be in the moment and then the third edition how to really really be in the moment <laughs> I bet you not one of us have read one of those books all the way through I bet you if you read a few chapters and I want to jump to the third one how to really 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 to be in the moment yeah if you were busy trying to get into the moment, what would that imply? What would you be stating as a fact every time you tried to get more into the moment? Wouldn't it ap- apply that you believe that you can be out of the moment? I would say that's the dilemma, the belief that you can be out of the moment, not that you're not in the moment. Yeah? The same thing with all the drives to try to get out of self. Why is it that I'm trying to get out of self all day? Because I inherently believe I'm in it. I'm actually so in it, I'm identified as it. Yeah. What would happen if I entertained, hey, I may not be that? I would see the best way right, to be out of anything is to realize you weren't in it. It's the best way. It takes absolutely no time to be out of what you're not in. And it takes no time to be in what you can't be out of. just makes it so fucking simple. Yeah? Take all the embellished words around it and basically we have a desire, right or wrong, it doesn't matter, let's say an inclination to travel lighter because we're, in, we're very much feeling like we're traveling heavy. Yeah? Now what's causing the heaviness? I would say simply the mind the activity of claiming what's not ours. So when conscious contact's happening, if it would say it was your contact, it would be called Paul's contact. But it says conscious contact. So I would say consciousness is in contact. It's in contact through this. But it's not in contact as this. It's like that telescope. The telescope facilitates the scientists to see the stars. It makes the stars seem closer. Yeah? It really literally doesn't. If you were looking outside, the stars aren't getting closer to this telescope. But it allows the, the, the scientists to see the stars closer. Yeah. Now, when the scientist walks away, is the telescope seeing the stars? Or does the telescope facilitate seeing the stars? Yeah. If the telescope starts seeing, believing it saw this, is seeing the stars, what stars is it, are it going to see? the stars that were brought to it by the scientists seeing it. It will always see from the past, yeah? It will always be seeing a past uh, starlit night. It will never be able to conjure up a new one, yeah? 
Everything that arises will be referred back to that. See, I'm seeing a new stuff. I'm seeing, but it's the same old, same old. Because what injects the livingness of this place is consciousness. Yeah. What interprets that livingness to death to me is mental. It's a mental process. The mental process claims the conscious contact and makes it into something else. It makes it into a story about you and me as being the one who's conscious. Yeah. It makes a pseudo-subject up and then tells stories about that subject, all riding on the back of conscious contact. Without the conscious contact, you never even see a thought in your head. Yeah? And yet, how much attention or interest is given to the consciousness and how much attention and interest is given to the mental idea of being Paul? How much attention is given to the seeing and how much emphasis is given to the seer and the seeing? How much attention is given to the hearing and how much attention is given to the hearer and the heard? Yeah? See it. You see it every day. It's revealing. The whole thing reveals itself every day. Because what we're not is a process that can be seen and what we are is the seeing of that process. Yeah? Once we forget that we're that, now we're... Part and we're a product of the process, and we have a bastardized version of seeing called self-centered looking. Yeah, we're looking from a self-centered perspective, which is a form of blindness. We have to find new pairs of glasses, Buddhism and everything else, to try to correct the distortion that we're calling our eyes. But that distortion is a pair of glasses called self-centeredness. It's a mental installment. It's an activity of a mental process. It isn't our inherent activity. It's an add-on, yes? Our inherent activity is conscious contact. So Buddha supposedly said, when you see, see. When you hear, hear. When you feel, feel. When you taste, taste. When you touch, touch. What does our head do to it? When there's seeing, there's a seer and seeing. When there's feeling, there's a, feel, there's a feeler and felt. When there's here, you know, whatever, it goes on and on and on, right? The attention is taken off the conscious act and put on a mental interpretation. I would say that's the source of our irritability. Yeah? Yeah? A little bit simple, but, uh, but does that not... Uh, but does that not... When I say uh, I want to move in, uh, or I want to... Uh, Live in a moment. Is that not what I'm talking about? When I, if, I, if I were to say that, that uh, I mean, I need to be conscious of the moment. Otherwise, I wander around with uh, thinking about my calendar and thinking about this, that, and the next thing, everything but what's going on. So I would say all you need is some reminders that you are already conscious of the moment. To tell you the truth, yeah. I don't know. I would. That's what I'm saying. I would say that I have incredible amount of faith in mind I believe that mind is given the possibility it can entertain it if it hasn't heard it it won't be able to entertain it but if it hears it it can entertain it that's what happened with me someone shared something with me and it dropped in a new possibility in my little head and the possibility was hey you're not that as soon as I entertained I wasn't that I started to have what? freedom from it yeah and then from the freedom, I realized why I could never have freedom because I was identified as what I'm not. So my, my desire to have freedom was co-opted and I was trying to become free as this mental process. Yes? 
I was trying to become free for the mental process. Yeah? So all the nobility of my seeking was ignorantly uh, directed in my experience, personally. Yeah? And what happened is when it shifted, I knew the quote-unquote problem by the solution, by the relief of having that identification weakened. I put together that when the identification was strong, that must have been the cause of the irritability and the restlessness and discontent because the irritability and restlessness and discontent isn't there anymore. Yeah? (laughs) So it just was obvious that what was there when I was irritable, restless, and discontent and what's not there when I'm at peace, maybe that was the cause of the irritability, restlessness, and discontent and its absence is is in a sense the cause of the peace. It's not causing the peace. The peace was available, but its absence is why the peace is available. Yeah? And I kept continued to entertain that and it kept verifying itself in my daily living, yeah? Traveling lighter. <laughs> and, and in a fact, <laughs> it's sort of like I told this thing the other night. And uh, it, it's just a description, but it, it's, it has a big meaning in my life. Where, when I was younger, I was involved in a lot of looking, and so I, I heard about we were gonna. I lived in America, and uh, there was a big sweat, Indian sweat, that was going to happen in this mountain called Mount Shasta, a very holy mountain. And I had never done a sweat, and never even heard of one really. But a woman got invited, and she wanted me to go up, so I went up there, and they brought in a, in, a real Indian, and they had a they built the whole sweat, and it was a big, giant uh, meeting. It happened only once a year, so a lot of people that were really involved in this movement were coming. Yeah, so I got in there. They built this huge thing, and they and I didn't. I got in, and then they have the rocks and the heat, and they have they had these rafters. So it almost I grabbed on like a subway, holding on to the subway, you know. And then the flat went down. You couldn't see a damn thing. And all the other people that had been standing sat down because the heat rises, yeah? I didn't know that I was supposed to sit down. I'm standing there, and I'm burned. My inside and my arms are burning. My nostrils are burning. And then I can't even sit down because people are already in that space. And I'm just dying. I'd do anything to fucking get out of this thing, you know? And so they finally let the flap open. I run out. I jump into the stream, and I go back in and suffer the same situation, but not this time I'm sitting down, and the waves of heat just coming off. I kept, I was praying more than I ever prayed, Indian, please don't throw any more water on those rocks. Because it felt like a wave. I was like going like this, trying to stop it, and it would hit you. Boom! And I was like, let me out, let me out. And so, okay, but I, I stayed with her the whole weekend. A few years later, let's say my mind shifted a little bit, and my friends were involved with this with a Native American thing, and they were going to have a they wanted to have a sweat at this guy's house, and they brought an Indian from Oklahoma and everything, yeah, and he wanted me to support him, so I went up there to support him, and uh, they had they built the thing, but there was only nine people, and so I went in there and I sat down there, and I was waiting, and as soon as I felt it was hot, there was the recognition is hot, I got right up and left. <laughs> to me, this was incredible progress, to tell you the truth. And I could hear them moaning and praying inside. I had all the soda and the drinks outside. It was a beautiful night. What shifted? My head had shifted. Before I thought, you know, I'm, I'm, I have to work. I'm, I have to purify. I have to put up with all this stuff to, so I can arrive at some awakening. It was shown to me personally to be bullshit. 
That's all. And I and it had actualized because I had all I had I had the clear ability to to have a clear recognition. Hey, it's hot. I'm getting up. <laughs> it was worth 800 pages of scriptures. I'm serious. I was like, wow, this is the way I'd rather live. Yeah, I would. And I could never have practiced myself into that. No freaking way. I would be in those sweats still. I'd be doing like an eight-month, you know, torturous, tantric, therapeutic, whatever, you know, mud bath retreat, which is fine and dandy. But what wasn't fine and dandy was the mental process's intent. It was believing fervently that something was really inherently wrong with you, and the only way that was going to be changed by, was by a lot of doing and having. Yeah? And if you did enough and had enough, maybe you would stabilize instead of just disappearing when you left the retreat in two days. But maybe one day you would stabilize and you would feel free and at ease and, and comfortable in your own skin. Yeah? It didn't work for me over years. Yeah. So when I heard this message, I was keen. On, I heard it. I was keen with it. And what was beautiful is it's turned out to be the last answer for me. Yeah? And I've met some really good solutions in the past, but I always wanted to apply newer ones in this. This one just stopped me in my tracks. And it was about entertaining it and, and exploring it and celebrating it, not attempting to achieve it anymore. Yeah? And they may not be for you. May not, you may not like that. You may have a, a really ardent desire to have super enlightenment or enlightenment. I don't know. I thought I wanted all that, but as soon as I had a deep level of satisfaction and contentment, all of that went out the window. So I actually came to believe what I was really looking for is what I got, which is contentment. I wasn't looking for enlightenment or transcendence. All I wanted was an ease and comfort throughout my day with you and myself, you know? And it's and it's worked. So therefore, job's done. Now enjoy, you know? That's why I like this message in a way. Because it's not a modality in of itself. You can't practice what we're talking about here. Because we're talking about, in an extreme sense, they try to title it non-duality, but non-duality itself is a negation. It's, there's no thing called non-duality. It means not to. It's attempting to sort of negate something we're assuming to be so, which is just a dualistic expression. It's the world isn't either or. That's how it seems to be to our mind. Yes? The mind has a dualistic programming, so it sees everything in black and white, yes to no, high and low, connected, disconnected. Yeah? It's saying not to. That's all it's saying. It's a negation. So when someone says, I'm going to a non-duality meaning where? Where is the fucking non-duality meaning? There isn't one. It's a duality meaning. It's about describing and teaching what we're not. It's not about teaching we're non-duality. That's impossible. How can you teach that? But you definitely can share what you're not. And hopefully you'll identify with that sharing of what you're not. And maybe you'll entertain, hey, maybe I'm not that. And if I'm not that, you know what? Sooner or later you're going to find out, in a sense, what you are. Not, you're not going to know it, but you're going to find it out. It's sort of like, it's going to be, instead of having someone paint the canvas, something's going to bleed from the other side of the canvas out. And you're going to find out the picture by looking, seeing, feeling, tasting, touching, like that. You're going to know. 
on a level of being. Yeah. To me, that's very convincing. Things are put down to rest. No more debate, you know. No more every you know. A lot of the meetings I do, people say it's really incredibly easy right now. But the world starts with but. You ever hear that? Every time everyone's ever shared, they'll they'll acknowledge. Oh, the light. Oh, it's so easy and peaceful. But yeah, and this is the this is the appearance becomes real again, (laughs) and then eclipses the possibility. Yes. Why not just let the possibility alone? Realize that nothing is the gift that keeps on giving. Stop making it something. And if you keep making it something, entertain you're not that which is making it something. And you'll still be able to see nothing. Yes? If you're not that which is making it something, you'll still be able to sense nothingness. You don't have to wait for that thing to be convinced it's not you. It's a mental process. Why are we waiting for it? It's never going to catch up. <laughs> it doesn't have the ability to embrace nothing. All it does, it, all it has the ability to is make something. That's what it does, yeah? It makes something all day. It doesn't have an ability to put its technology down, to put its patterns down, to put its formats down. But if you're not that, it's as if that's what happens, yeah? Your attention and interest moves from that, from that bondage or slavery to self. And that same thing that was driving you crazy at night where you can't shut off and you keep seeing all those thoughts about you, that same attention and interest, when freed from that, is what is like called abidance and truth. Now you're resting in truth. It's the same energy, same attention. It's just where it is. Yeah? If it's given over to the mental realm, your attention's going to be on what's not here quite a lot. Yeah, You're going to be attending to the past and you're going to be worried about a future. But no matter how much you think about it, you can't bring that here. All you can do is evoke feelings and sensations and contraction here. The mind can play God in this little arena, but it can't bring the future here. So what's to do, you know? Maybe you'll hear 58 satsangs or 800 satsangs and one night you'll be leaving the satsang hall and you'll stub your toe and something aha will happen. Who the hell knows? Yeah? But I know in a sense, my own experience with it, that the solution, its main quality, as it demonstrates here, is timelessness. Yeah? It doesn't take time. Like, how long, much time does it take to realize what's not happening isn't happening? It doesn't take any time, does it? If my head, is, if the thought system, with my attention following it, is running into the past year or the future, trying to seed a fucking crop of anxiety, yes? <laughs> <laughs> What's the germinating factor? Is it the thoughts or is it the attention? 
And why does the attention go there? I think it's because there's a belief it's about you. And there's a fascination. The mental process is fascinated with what it's making. It's like we read a thing this night and in some Buddhist text they talk about the cherishing of self. Yeah? Sort of almost like a, a strange love and fondness for it. The mental process has. Yeah? So the attention goes willy-nilly. Wherever the fixed object called the body is placed in time on the mental realm, the attention runs after those thoughts, runs after these thoughts. But the face is, it's on a, it's on a track. It can only go past and future. At this point, it can only imagine the scenery. It has no time to see it. It's just choking back and forth, back and forth. How are you going to enjoy life? If peace showed up right now and you had the mentality, what if, what if it leaves tomorrow? Is that enjoyment of peace? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If peace, the thing maybe we're working really hard to get, if it showed up, our mind wouldn't be able to enjoy it because the mind would be worrying when it was going to leave. Yes? But what would happen if you were weaned from that mental realm and the past and future didn't outweigh this moment. We want to call it this moment now, right? What would happen if your attention never left this ball of what's happening? Didn't follow all the throws that were, what if, what was, what if, but just stays on point and just watches the ball right now. It would have immunity to all those other mental ball games where you're always going to lose. <laughs> just by playing the game, literally. Your attention is the enriching factor of your life. If it's not here, you have to live by memories. Talk about how great it was, but you weren't really there in a sense. But if you're here, the memories aren't that important anymore because you've lived this point fully. Because you realize you couldn't have done anything else, no matter how it looks. No matter how your mind wants to judge how lacking you were, this was it. <laughs> That's your cue the Kenny Logan song. This is it. Make no mistake who you are. This is it. <laughs> but whose attention is it then? It doesn't matter whose it is. No, it's just attention. Attention. Yeah, attention. Do you think attention? Do you think that attention has like physical qualities? No. Can you run out of it? Is it a certain quantity? No. no. So what? Its nature is more of nothingness, right? Energy. Yeah, like energy. Yeah. So I would say it's more akin to nothingness than thingness. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it doesn't seem like this is doing the attention. Like a thing isn't issuing the attention no no but I can sort of if you tell me I mean I can sort of I think that I yes exactly but the attention just goes there but the story is I did it yeah Yeah. but if you tell me now put your attention to this plant and look at you know I I do it I direct it or who who directs it you would so if I I tell you to pull pull out $50 and give it to me will you do that (laughs) (laughs) no (laughs) <laughs> I know. 
tefillin, because it goes in the direction, it's, it really feels like there must be someone Not that's right, going yeah. in that direction. Yeah. That's the sense of selfing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the flavor it always gives, all of its claiming. Mm-hmm. So, like, when it claims, let's say if, like, they even have it, you know, in uh, neuro research, yeah, that the baby doesn't come... It takes about 18 months, usually, for the baby to have a sense of self to kick in, yeah? And it usually coincides with the language center working, which is what actually supports the sense of self the rest of your life. That's the trance setting, is language, yeah? Yeah, because a language is a subject of language used by objects. So the object assumes it's a subject by the trance of the language, yeah? Yeah. So, okay, so 18 months. So, in a sense... The baby was there in, in all intents and purposes before the, it even knew it was there. Yeah, consciousness or something was moving through, and the baby had attention. So when you went hey, and they had no idea what probably you, you what, when you said hey bubala or something or baba, and then it looked. Yeah? yeah, do you think there was a someone there that did that? No, obviously. No. No. But let's see. All right, so let's say maybe it's a process of mind. Yeah? And the process is, let's say the process, first is conscious contact. The mental process arises. It claims it. It says, I'm the one who's seeing. And once it claims that, it now tells a story about the seer and the seen. Yeah? And it riffs on that. But by the time conscious contact is claimed, you're already off of square one. Where one would be conscious contact. Right? Mm-hmm. Now you're at I'm the one who's going to contact. Yeah. yeah. But this feeling, this feeling of being you, that's produced, let's say by the third square, it takes from the first square to the third square to have that feeling of you. The feeling is you're prior to the first square that you're the one who's conscious, that you're the one who's doing everything, that you're the one who has everything. Yes. yes? That's the feeling, and also the feeling historical. You feel like you were there before anything happened. Like you're just a someone that's waiting to react. Yeah? That's the feeling. It's produced. That's produced. Do you believe do you it's the mental process is remembering you. That's what it does. By all the claiming, what it does by claiming an act or a feeling or a thought, it conjures up the remembering of you, of Paul. Yeah? And it uses the future to remember you. It's not past, just past. When it pictures you in the future, it's using that you know, thought, those thoughts about you in the future to remember you now. Yeah? That's the bondage of self. It's an activity. It's not a fucking thing that happened 20 years ago. It's happening. The mental process is happening. As long as conscious contact is occurring, the mental process is attempting to claim it. Yeah? So, as soon as you don't sense the conscious contact, what happens? Consciousness may become a goal you're really seeking for. Yeah? But the whole point is you are that. It's like the third square now gets this real to me a drag I think they should have uh, meetings for spiritual seekers really like mm-hmm. a, a alcoholic meetings they should be <laughs> spiritual seekers anonymous you know they have spiritual seeker rehabs no no DVDs no satsangs nothing just maybe you know doing ordinary things you know what I mean like maybe being intimate with their partners 
But uh, yeah, we really should because it's an illness of mine. It truly is. It's unbelievable. When I first started doing these talks, I was coming out AA. I was always uh, compelled to speak in front of AA because I know they're fucking suffering. I came from there. But when I first came to people who were quote unquote normal and satsang, I didn't wasn't coming up because I thought they were fine. I thought you people were fine. You have no fucking problems compared to these people I know. They're fucking crazy. I had people at satsang meetings where they were talking about their experience of homelessness. And know what it was? They had bought a new house, they locked themselves out, and they had to stay on their porch that night. They believed that was homelessness. I couldn't fucking believe it. I, I was looking at the guru, and then this lady, and the, everyone's going, oh, you know, the whole emotional... And I finally said, fuck, i got to see who this is. <laughs> you know, because I know homelessness. You know what I mean? It's not having to, you know, lock yourself out of your new house and sleep on the porch. It means you don't have a place to sleep. You know, whatever. So, you know, I think it would be good to have meetings. I, I, I swear, really. I swear, because I see people, whatever. I, what I actually see, my sense of it is, they want to be, they want to have an experience of their own absence. They want to be there when, the, when they get it. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, and it ain't going to happen. You're not going to be there when you get it. That overriding sense of you is going to lose its uh, influence. And that's it. That's, it's like when the moon wanes, the sun shines. Yes? The moon isn't going to know the sun. Yes? Then if you have a way of life, it will illuminate that way of life. Even if it's going to satsang. That message will illuminate it. But it is not a modality. You can't practice or have a process to get there, but it can illuminate modalities here. Just like it illuminated AA for me. When this, my mind had this hit, the book of AA, the recovery book, when I read it, which I had read many, many times, was like chock full of new meaning. I mean, tons of new downloads arise. Not from the book, from, but from mind. Yeah? So for me, whatever way of life you're in, if you're a gardener, if you're this, if you're that, this entertaining, this possibility can illuminate it. But there's no path that brings you to this possibility, in my view. But it will illuminate whatever path you're on. Yes? It will bring light to it because you're the light. Yeah. So to know God is to be God. To know the truth is to be the truth. Yeah. To know consciousness is to be consciousness. But if you're here at the third step and you believe you're the one who's seeing, then you may have a desire to get back to the first step. Yes? But the fact is, nothing and... This is always going to be content. This is never going to transcend content and go into context. The parameters of the fence of self-centeredness is wherever you are in the feeling of being a you. You're the fence post. Yeah? That thing that you are, that taking yourself to be, is never going to climb over the fence. A product of a mental system isn't going to transcend the system that makes it. Self isn't going to get out of self. The whole point is to exhaust, if you have to, all possibilities and come to the conclusion there's no fucking escape 
or maybe hear about it so you can save yourself from some freaking time and realize there's no freaking escape and in a way that's the escape. Yeah. When you stop crying up, open the door, it may swing open. Who knows? Find out. But every, you know, I, I don't know. You can get as much something as possible but it's always going to end up to be nothing. So why not start with nothing? You know, just start with nothing and see what happens with that. And watch the mind making this something. But if you're not that, you're not affiliated with that movement. It doesn't have the glue. It can't turn nothing into something. It's your juice that it's using. Yeah? Hear the parrots back there? Parakeets. Yeah, parakeets in the hallway. They built a whole little aviary for them. Half out and half in the building. So you hear something, but you you can also sense the silence that surrounds it. That's like when the mind starts flexing another type of muscle, the ability to see no thing, the the ability to sense space, you know, what they call the presence. You sense the space that you're in. That's why the presence is always available all the time, because there's the space we're always in. And you can sense it in a way. You feel it, but not like feeling like this, but there's a feeling of it, yeah? Yet, it's not a feeling that comes and goes. It's always available at all times. So in a sense, it becomes the, the perfect place to rest or to have reliance. Yeah? Your mind can truly rest there. Yeah? Instead of constantly being agitated or getting agitated by its search not to be agitated. Yeah? You can rest. You know? I mean, really rest, like better than 50 time massages. You know? relaxation that you just drop it's sort of like what happened with me was it would happen and it would be like this whole room nothing would change but it would just drop like 10 feet so I couldn't have it was difficult to to put a finger on it but over time I realized she's dropping a lot lighter in a sense you know what I mean and then it's sort of like dropping down or the lens opening up like that whatever way you want to see it but I you know the lens opens up and as the lens opens up, all of you gets included. <laughs> it's not like you keep opening up. The lens opened up, you don't. <laughs> and then you're seen <laughs> by mind. <laughs> it's not like I opened up. <laughs> no, it's like the lens opens up and you're, you stay on this side of the lens. You're in the content. <laughs> Isn't there an authentic me? No. <laughs> Just to see. <laughs> it 
can be bad news. <laughs> if you're a certain rigid posture. <laughs> well, self-centeredness, it may be really painful for a while. It may be uncomfortable. It will. But the smiles that will be evoked will be very long-lasting. And you'll have a whole new comedy skit. <laughs> Life according to Paul. It's hilarious. <laughs> you won't have to wait for anyone to amuse you. You'll be amusing you all day. <laughs> what, what do you want? Yeah, shit. I want enlightenment. We don't even know what that fucking means. <laughs> do you? I don't even know. Did you ever do something that you thought you knew why you were doing it, and then one day, why you were doing it gets completed, but you're still doing it? <laughs> That's how we're, we're like. There's that thing in the old in Disney World where they have a boat and they have about five steering wheels, and you get in and you go through a trip through the jungles, yeah. And if you make a right turn, or seemingly a right turn, then the hippo rises up, and then oh, you've been like a failure almost. Then if you make the left turn and you just just uh, skirt the crocodile, ah, I did it, yeah. But there's a big bar underneath that's running the whole boat. Everyone's thinking they're the captain, and no one's turning anything. <laughs> it's all programmed, and they're getting guilty for making a mistake or proud because they passed the crocodile. <laughs> Isn't it quite like this? Really? Come on. I mean... <laughs> but they get off the boat. <laughs> we don't think it's the boat. We think it's real. We're really in. We're in the perpetual amusement park. And it's not that amusing after a while. <laughs> yes, I shouldn't have done that. I <laughs> the biggest hook I found I was on was me, really. I swear to God. If this was really me, there was going to be no rest until things changed. The mind's opinion of what it thought it was was going to be up day and night working on it. Going over it, critiquing it, judging it, convicting it, you know, listening to pleas, bargains. <laughs> it was never going to end. I could, I would have to have a living therapist, really, my whole fucking life. But when I realized it wasn't me, it could be let alone. Yes? with all of its, of its little foibles and you know it's just a much nicer way to travel and it's just simply life is happening instead of life is happening to you it's just a simple shift of interpretation not difficult to see because it's obvious life is happening what's really difficult to keep believing is it's happening to you yeah and life is happening Yes. Yeah. Hmm? This might sound a little weird, but I'm, uh, I, I've experienced some of what you're talking about and being okay, letting go, so to speak. And um, but then a little while later, I'm trying to let go, and I start feeling these little monkeys. You know, am I letting go, or I just don't care? Or, and the mind starts going again. Yeah, yeah, sure. So what, uh, is it just more letting go? Or? No, it's just seeing that you're not that. You're not the subject of the one who needs to let go more or isn't letting go. It's just a story that's trying to grab your attention. It is, yes? Oh, I realize. 
It's just coming. The mind runs an advertising campaign. If it sees you, it's like incredible. If it sees one little twitch, it just really starts blizzarding you. You know what I mean? It thinks it has a, an in, and it just starts beating that drum. Yeah, yeah. But if you, if there's a sense of what you can, for me, you always can rely on. The, even the deepest confusion, people can ex- talk about it incredibly clearly, right? Because the clearness of seeing was there. Even in your deepest depressions, I've heard some of the most incisive, like specific details of something that seems to be deep and murky. What's bringing that clarity to deep and murky? The seeing. That mind is unfailingly seeing at all times. So whatever is going on on the stage and how much attention and interest is in the stage, it still doesn't change the fact that there's always the ever-present seeing. Yeah? That what is what can be relied on. What's being expressed through conscious contact. Let that intimate that. Yeah? Let your attention maybe entertain that. So when they're seeing, maybe just sense that instead of the whole, immediately the claiming of it into see or seeing. Yeah? Just start explaining with it. It'll, more will be revealed. Yeah? And as soon as the percentage of the stock moves from selfing over to, let's say, from self-centeredness to centeredness, then the immunity grows. Yeah? As soon as enough attention goes that on this side, this thing only lives on your attention. Yeah? All the incredible dramas it makes, produces, is funded. You're the producer. It's fueled by your attention. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, is the shift from feeling to the Ask me. Find out. <laughs> Seriously. I'm not going to be used for a pseudo-authority. I'm not saying you do it, but no. Just find out. It wouldn't matter if someone said it or not to you. The, what will matter is if you find out. Yeah. If you think you have a free will, exert it. If you believe you have free will, exert it. <laughs> you know? See what happens. The finding out is so convincing... And then certain things will become, or no thingness, will become unspoken yeses, and absolutes aren't bad. Yeah. To, have an, to have an absolute for the mind to anchor in is pretty damn good. Yeah. So to me, the unspoken yes is sort of like it reverberates continually. It's like an, it, it, it seemed to come over me at once, but it just keeps on reverberating. Yeah? In other words, it verifies itself by the living of it. Yeah? So find out these things. And the whole thing of like, uh, you're not seeding your attention to anyone. There's no you that's seeding your attention. The attention is just following like moths would follow lights, yeah? If the idea of being a self becomes the primary light of the conditional mind, your attention like moths will go there. And we're just saying maybe that's just a bulb. <laughs> maybe it ain't the sun, it ain't the, what, the, the light of all lights. Maybe it's a bulb, it's a mental bulb. And twist it out. Where will the moth? Where will the moths go now? The attention will go somewhere else. Yes, it's not you directing it anywhere. You're just the attention will free itself from whatever it. It's like a. To me, my experience was this. It's like a homing pigeon. 
if it's going to go to whatever you believe to be you. If you believe you're, de- you're expressed and demonstrated through thoughts and feelings and attention to them, that's where your attention's going. Yeah? It's not going to go to spaciousness. It's not going to go to quote-unquote spirit. It's going to go to mental activities and the interpretation of life. If that's what you believe, if you believe you're a mental idea, your attention's going to be in the mental realm. The mental realm interpreting feeling and this and that. The mental realm of the concept of the body, that's where it's going to abide and live in a sense. Yeah? But if you're not that, then you free the attention and then you'll see where it goes. And you'll find out. My experience, it went into nothingness. Because I believe it's more of nothingness than thingness. I think it's addiction or it's being driven to that light of thingness was like an, almost an addiction in a sense. When free from that, it goes to more towards its own nature, which is nothingness. Yeah? Whatever you want to call it. But you start sensing nothingness or presence or space or whatever. Yeah? It's the attention that gets freed. It's not you. You're an idea and a mental process yeah, that attempts to become the Alpha and the Omega and then the attention serves that purpose because it takes it to be you. you know, the mind has fallen for that identification as, yes? If you're not that, the attention is freed. And then you'll find out what it does. And for me, it enriched my life, yeah? And continues to. Two of them or another <laughs> Stupid question. But if, if you see your mind going here and there, and then you say, okay, I'm not the story, I just add. What would you do that? I mean, what? Well, that can be a stopgap measure, but if you're seeing your mind going there and there, why not just entertain or, or just at least acknowledge the scene? Mm-hmm. Instead of where the flitting and the flitting of mind, what about the seeing of that? I would say that's a damn good investment to you know, at least honor the seeing of the flitting of mind instead of following the flitting of mind. No. Yeah, yeah, all the all the while that ability to follow it is brought by the seeing. Let's acknowledge that. Yeah. If you want to look at it as a linear way, what precedes all other activity? It's the awareness. Yeah. And it's being expressed or demonstrated every moment of your life one level or another, why not, you know, entertain that idea? So the next time the mind starts splitting and you're you are very you know the mind's splitting, well maybe you'll sense the seeing of that. And maybe after a while the sensing of the seeing will be more important than the knowing about where the mind's going. You'll be more emphasized or more not you, but your mind will be more interested in the seeing than it will be on what's being seen. Yeah. Then that, well, I don't know, for me that stabilizes as a traveling lighter. <clears throat> if you can sense the seeing, 
I find a nice response to that is to honor it. You know, if you can sense something that you can't see, but you sense it, there's onness. You know, there is awareness, there's consciousness. Then the best I can do in this clumsy way is I can honor it. You know, like, to me it's like a pause. Yeah. Oh, I'm watching my mind doing what it always does. Ah, but what's that? That's bringing this about. Some of my attention goes, what? I guess it's bored with this. Telling the truth. Your attention is bored following the ping pong ball of your mind, playing selfing, you know, past future. It's bored stiff. That's why we're looking for anything to, you know, to give us some kind of rush or some kind of feeling of being here. It's a boring, we're like chained to a, like an international ping pong tournament, you know, <laughs> for like eight days. <laughs> 21, 22, 23, 24. You know what I mean? <laughs> maybe, just maybe, <laughs> hey, the scene, you know. You already got served. This is like a spiritual subpoena. The attention may go there a little bit. Once the scene gets emphasized, the gig is over. It's Yes. No matter what your mind comes up with, the game is over. It will come up to the, you know, can I speak to you, Judge? It'll come up oh, and try to, I, it's over. All your convictions are null and void. You've been annulled in the court of light. Yes. yes. Being. Being cannot be done or happened to. Yes. The mind won't just give up that easy, but at some point, did you not face what they call the tiger on your path? Like, just when you think or feel or experience that nothingness, something then emerges again from the mind. But don't assume that to have faith mind. Just like we read this scripture yesterday, one of the famous end scriptures, faith mind. What's it implying? It's just that. When all this shit's happening, he says, yell not to. But faith mind. Have faith in mind, and mind alone. You know, and you'll have the ability to quote unquote walk through what you think you're gonna walk through. What you think what you you know, instead of thinking what you're gonna walk through, just be aware of what you're walking through. Will prepare you for when you have to walk through something. <laughs> because you're walking through something right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> Everyone, we think this is, you know, we're, we're like acting like it's a rehearsal. This is the play. You know, it's on. <laughs> we're engaged. Conscious contact is fully engaged. Tons of stuff is arising. Tons of complicated relationships and energetics. Boom, 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 boom. We're right in the midst of the fireworks. And you know, what am I going to do when the fireworks get really heavy? What should I do? <laughs> the fireworks are on now. Faith mind, you know. What, logically, what precedes everything? You can logically bring it back to its consciousness or awareness, something that can't be seen or felt or touched, yes? Like a nebulous sort of something, who knows? Yeah, You have to admit that. And if, in, with logic and reason, you can realize your position isn't behind that. That if there's a position of this at all, it's in front of it. Yeah. So in a sense, what's in front of it, if you can, if you're demonstrating the quality of this which is in front of what you think you are, maybe that's what you are. 
not what's in front of you. You know what I mean? If there is, if quote unquote your conscious, maybe your consciousness more than a body. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if if, the, if what precedes seemingly everything is demonstrating through this, yeah. Why would I want to pin all the hopes on what it's moving through when I can just possibly entertain I'm what I am that which is moving through? Yeah, just entertain the possibility. It's not saying yes, no. I've got to make a decision and leave. There's no one there. Just entertain the possibility that the priorness of this is demonstrating itself right now. Why do we want to know it or wait to know it as this when we can know it as that? the mind has the ability to entertain that invitation it just needs to hear it in a certain way that triggers it I may not be the mailman for you someone else may do it or or an event in your life or a vision when you're walking through the park or a crack in the cement I don't know what but the fact is what's going to occur is mind nothing other than mind and mind is present now yeah And it, you know, if you don't, and if you don't have the possibility, you can't entertain it. Yes, you can't. I knew in my life, surrender and recovery is really important. Yeah, it's a very high point in a life of recovery where you get to a point where there's a surrender. Now, I had many, many atrocious things happened to me, like getting run over by cars and stuff like that, but nothing initiated a surrender that I could get a hold of. So I had no idea what surrender was, but I had tons of ideas what surrender was, but I really didn't know at all. Then a regular day at the office of me drinking until I could cop some drugs, but I had no money, that's usually the problem. I mean, the desire to cop is there, but I don't have the cash to do it. So I was in one of those positions once again, and I was just drinking vodka to wait until I could have someone come and get money to cop some drugs. And what happened is, something froze my my conditional mind, the selfing, yes? Now, I didn't know that was a possibility that it could stop. But it did stop, yeah? Boom! And it lasted for a couple of minutes. And in that, right, after that event, and what happened after that event, now I know what surrender is. Now I can entertain surrender, and therefore I enter a state of surrender because my mind is now familiar what it knows is surrender and it can entertain it but prior to that it couldn't so I was always going to get fucked over once again I didn't learn any lessons got run over by a car went right back out did it again and I was going to keep on doing it probably because I could. there was no stopping it but I was given the gift of surrender and now I know what it means so I entertain it and now I don't have an experience of it, but I'm living in a state of it. It's called surrender. Yes? That's the possibility of mind. And grace brings that about. Yeah? But you're already, this could be a form of grace. You're hearing a message that will allow the mind to entertain a possibility that it probably wasn't entertaining a year ago, maybe, when you were practicing diligently some, something. Yeah? This, this possibility can be entertained. Let's find out what the mind does with it. Yeah. I have total faith in the mind that I believe all it needs is, is the opportunity to hear it. It has all the ability to entertain. Look what it's doing in the slavery of self-centeredness. It's entertaining how I look for 14 hours. 
It's entertaining the length of my pants. It's entertaining to use my zipper down for the last two hours. It's entertaining all of this minutia all day. You know, it's like putting a marathon runner in a closet. It's so incredible when it's released and it starts entertaining possibilities. Hey, I'm not that. What? <laughs> Woo! Yeah, let me see. Yes? But it can't get there until the possibilities drop in. Either through grace, so you can call this grace. You're hearing a message that can be very, very uh, entertaining, provoking to the mind. Especially a bored, disillusioned mind that's gotten its ass kicked. It's open to the possibility of something new. And it gets something really new that's super old in a way. It's there all the time. Yes? So you're already, the biggest problem's already been met. You've heard it. Now have faith in it. The mental process is going to try to chime in and tell you, you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to do this. Feel it out, you know? Maybe that's not the correct move. Maybe doing very little was the best way. Maybe not going to 12 satsangs in three days, but maybe attending the one you're at. And listening to what's happening now, instead of waiting, oh, I got to see this one, this one, this one, this one. As if you, the more you acquire, the more chances, like a lottery. You know, if I hear more, the most teachers, I have the best chance to get it. It doesn't work that fucking way. It's the mind. They're not going to do fucking squat for you, except invite you to entertain a possibility. And if they tell you that they did something to get there, then ask them what they did, and they without they cannot honestly say they know what happened. Yeah, because nothing brought them anywhere. Whoever they are, but ask them. See, because if they sell you a process and a path, tell, ask them: Is this exactly what you did to get where you seem to be? And if they can't say that with a straight face, why the fuck would you buy that process and path if that's what you want? This is a possibility, an invitation. You. You've been served. My my seat assignment is done. (laughs) 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 So, yeah, any more questions? Stupid questions, enlightened questions. No?